ready. Hit it. Ready to cut through the BS? And here's some ways to drive your business forward today. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, Y'all know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Biz Sprints. My name is Michael McMillan, and I'd like to thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. This week, we are definitely going to be talking about those tips and tricks to help drive your business forward as far as sales go. Uh, This is going to be an action-packed show here. We're going to talk to you guys a lot about some different methodologies that I've been using over the years to help your sales team really kick it into high gear uh, immediately and really make sure that you're leveraging every dollar you're spending uh, through marketing and through your sales team and you know ways you can really ensure you're getting your ROI out of them. So kind of to jump right into this thing. So this week, uh, like I said, I'm going to be talking to you guys through some of the methodologies that I've personally used throughout my career and really give you guys some good ideas that you can really drive right into your sales team you know, and start putting these into effect you know, first thing this morning here on Monday. So uh, let's jump right into this. You know, a lot of people, when you think of LinkedIn, you know, most people that when I talk to them about that immediately think, oh, recruiting or, oh, that's where I go to get a job. The thing they forget so much, though, is that LinkedIn is far and beyond probably one of the best sales tools you could ever ask for. I mean, quite literally, I mean, everyone's on it. If you're not on it, I I mean, every business coach there is is going to tell you you have to be on it to even exist. So it's just this amazing fertile ground of executives and people who are all there talking about business. Uh, I mean, now I understand, you know, nowadays there's a lot of controversy on is it becoming too Facebook, but that's for another show. So, uh, but, you know, one of the things I've always loved with Facebook is, though, that simple fact that I can go on here and with a paid subscription be able to connect directly to someone. Uh, there's a stat out there, and I, I don't have it exactly here in front of me, but it's something like about 60 or 70% of all email addresses connected to LinkedIn are personal email addresses. And this is at every level, uh, from CEO all the way down to you know cashier at your local McDonald's and everything in between. So it's, it's really allowing you to have that direct connection to this human being um, that you don't really get through most other sources. So when it comes to LinkedIn, I, I wanted to give you guys a few different things. You know, right first and foremost, most organizations I work with, you know, usually the sales team does have the paid subscription, so they're usually going to be paying anywhere from sixty bucks to one hundred thirty bucks uh, a month, um, or this is something like about I think it's like six hundred to twelve hundred dollars a year, something like that. But the issue is, is it's how they're leveraging it. Um, when I when I sit down with most sales organizations, I sit down with the sales team, and I start asking them like, "Oh, okay, so what do you do with that?" And the answer I get is, "Oh, I, I look to see who viewed my profile," and I'm I'm like, "Okay, and then what?" And it's it's not really any answer. Sometimes they will do some in mail. Um, every once in a while, they'll use it because now you can get into like kind of that level two kind of per, uh, seeing who's seeing you, but. For the most part, most sales organizations, they're just they're just kind of more curious like who's looking at them. It's kind of a more ego trip for themselves, which is such a waste of money, to be honest with you. I mean, when you want to talk about an ROI, if your sales team is telling you that's all they're going to do with it, just cut it off because seriously, there's no point in it. Sales, the sales tool inside of LinkedIn is extremely powerful if you know how to leverage it. 
So I want to go through a little bit of this, exactly how do we leverage it. So um, as I mentioned, you know, there's there's three basic plans with LinkedIn, just so you guys, in case you're not aware. Um, it starts at like a basic plan and it goes up to the sales navigator team plan, which is an insane amount of money. Uh, it's like 130 bucks a month. That's what I mean by a lot of money. Um, the, the trick here, though, is personally what I've always used is I've always used um, the $50, pl- $50, $60 plan, uh, which is that like sales navigator type plan or professional, I think is what it used to be called. And I find it you know, typically satisfies all of my needs because what I'm really looking for, what I really want is, is yes, I do need to have the ability to see who, who viewed me, but I also need to have the really big uh, feature in here, which is the larger search listings, which allows for me to get into the better finite search criteria to be able to find the specific people I need to do business with. Now, um, it is critical that I do say this right now. This is this methodology, which I'm talking about on LinkedIn, this is really line of sight to my B2B folks. Um, I'm going to go through some B2C tricks here as well um, later on in the show, but really, uh, first and foremost, I wanted to kind of jump in on the B2B. So just kind of wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So going back on topic here, once I have the ability to do those uh, searches and really find those specific people I wanted, the biggest feature on here is InMail. What InMail is, is InMail is the ability to send a person a message who you are not currently connected with. Um, under the basic setup, you get about eight, you get eight per month. And you know it's important to note, these don't roll over. So it's not like if you get eight, then you have 16. No, no, no. You only have eight. And you have up to eight. And if you don't use them, you lose them. So it's important. That's right. I tell sales teams, like, leverage these things. I mean, at 60 bucks, you know, and you're only getting eight, you know, you're paying a lot per InMail that you're using, especially if you don't go use it. Um, the other features like lead builder and real time, it's it's okay. Um, it's important to know LinkedIn's not a CRM, and if you think it's going to do that for you, you're totally wrong. It's not there for that. It's really there as an investigation tool and a prospecting tool. So what's critical? So how I leverage this, right? So like I said, I have the searchability, and now I have the ability to connect with these people directly, but. The most important thing is, is I need to know who I need to connect with, right? So yeah, this is where I use another tool in coordination with LinkedIn, which is free actually, which is Google Alerts. Google Alerts is far and beyond, I would say, probably the most powerful tool on the internet for sales folks. Um, if you're not currently leveraging this thing, you are doing yourself a huge injustice. You need to immediately just go on Google, Google uh, and just Google Google Alerts, and it'll bring you to this website. It'll say alerts, and then you can type in here anything that you want to monitor on the internet. And when it comes up, it emails you. It literally is that easy. So you know, one of the things I always say is, is the critical ones, uh, especially if you're ahead of a sales and marketing team, is make sure you have your CEO, your COO, your CMO, unless you are the CMO um, or COO. And even if you are, you should have yourself have every member of your sales staff and every member of your marketing team all in here, their names. And if they use go by a nickname, use that too. This is going to allow for you to monitor their activities online and make sure they're not doing anything stupid. Uh, because if they are, you need to know about it and you need to be get ahead of it. Most organizations I work with, the thing that they do wrong is they don't get ahead of this stuff. So, you know, all of a sudden they have these people making these dumb, dumb choices online and they don't have the ability to catch it and get it deleted before it actually can have a potential negative impact in the business. Now, one critical thing, 
when you are adding a name into Google Alerts, make sure you put you know quotes around the whole thing. Because that way, if you don't, like let's say with my name, right, Michael McMillan, what it will find is any article or anything associated with the word Michael and the word is named Mike McMillan. If I put brackets around it, it only looks for things with relevance to, to Michael McMillan as a total uh, word. So it's, it's critical you put that. Now, that's first part, right? That's just kind of covering your bases. The more powerful piece and that what I've always used this for, and I'm going to give you a, a relevant story here in a minute, is finding people who fit the criteria of the jobs that I needed that I prospect into. So let me give you a quick story with that. So back at my last company, um, one of the things I always knew that I was having to pay attention to is this potential vice presidents, senior vice presidents, EVPs, whichever, of customer experience or customer service. And that was a Google Alert I had set up. And I'll never forget this. This is like maybe about four years ago now, uh, almost five years ago, actually. Um, I had gotten a Google alert that uh, an organization that I paid, I didn't really pay attention to, uh, but was a large organization, had just gotten a new senior vice president of customer experience, um, which is like right exact line of sight to what I need, you know, what I'm always looking for as far as a potential prospect. So um, her name was Grace, um, just so I can refer to her by name. So, you know, Grace got this new role. I saw her on there. And immediately what I did with this information is I read the article, copied the URL, now came over to LinkedIn and went on LinkedIn and searched for her. Because I had the pro version, I was able to now find her because I could do the deeper search, uh, found this lady, Grace, sent her an email because, again, I can send a message to anyone. And it was simple, right? It was like, hey, Grace, saw your uh, recent job. Uh, congratulations. You know, I saw this link, told me all about it. Uh, if there's any additional help, you know, me or my team can be, please let me know. Real simple, right? Soft sell, not even really a sell, just kind of saying, congrats, let me know if I can help you. And long story short with that, right, is that I did this. Now, mind you, I mean, this was, I mean, this, I knew this was a huge opportunity for me and my company. I kept after her through LinkedIn every couple weeks, about every two weeks for almost six to eight months. Um, and I was persistent, right? I, I, I always sent relevant information. I never, you know, it wasn't just like, you know, hey, talk to me. You know, it was no, it's actually, it was more about, you know, hey, Grace, I saw this and I knew this might help you because I know your role that well. Um, or, hey, Grace, I saw this information online and I know the company, you know, from what I can, it was publicly traded so I can see some data. Yeah, I saw this information, thought this could help you in your role. And I kept doing this. And then finally, one day, she just happened to be in Chicago. And I said, Hey, I'm coming to Chicago. If you're around, I'd love to have you up to our offices in Rockford. And sure enough, she accepted my offer, came up to the uh, call center there in Rockford. And long, and like I said, uh, basically, long story short, is just she ended up going with us as a client and ended up becoming one of our foundational clients. I mean, just a huge client for our organization and, you know, a huge deal for me personally. So, you know, it's just, it shows you that persistence and good investigative skills pay off in sales. But it's all starting with knowing who you're looking for, always keeping your ear to the ground, utilizing Google Alerts, 
and then leveraging LinkedIn to be able to connect with those people so you can really make sure you're getting those impactful opportunities there. Because if you don't, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, okay, great, you know, you can go talk to everyone and try cold calling until your heart's content. Uh, If you call me, I'm going to hang up on you. I might call you back and talk to you, which is even worse because I'm going to talk to you like for like three hours and make you think you got the sale and then hang up on you. I'm just mean like that. But, you know, it's like you got to do the right things in sales, right? I mean, it's all about spending your time wisely. You know, if if you just go out there and try hitting the phone, hitting the phone, hitting the phone, or sending these cold emails, cold emails, cold emails, yeah, yeah. Are you going to end up getting something? Yes. But, you know, I mean, at what cost? You're going to end up spending and grinding eight to 10 hours a day, maybe five to six days a week, and potentially getting like diddly squat. You know, it's like spend your time wisely, get something that's going to actually drive this and and line of sight this thing. Uh, So, one of the sayings I always had was, is there's a difference between selling with a shotgun and selling with a laser. You know, because with a shotgun, yeah, you can spray and pray. You know, you're going to hope you're going to hit something. With a laser, you've got to be pinpoint and accurate, but if you do hit it, you got it and you know you got it. So this is, you know, a really big tip for you guys is, you know, so first and foremost to recap this, right, is if your sales organization currently has LinkedIn, start talking to them and find out, you know, what are they doing to leverage this tool? Are they just trying to get that ego boost from finding out who's looking at them? Or are they really utilizing this thing for the great sales tool it is? Also, as far as uh, Google Alerts go, just start asking them about it. And if they don't know about it, that's cool. A lot, you know, a lot of people don't know, and it's—I mean, it's shocking, but they don't. Give them the training they need. You know, you leverage the knowledge that I'm giving you through this podcast. You utilize the example I just gave you with you know my sale through Grace, and sh- you know I can show them then that that can work. You know, and show them that works through you know, by just taking the tools that are available. And like I said, Google Alerts is totally free. It doesn't cost them a dime or your organization a dime for that matter. And then taking that data and then applying it into LinkedIn to find out the people you need and then getting in touch with them and working the deal till it's down. You know, and that's really one of the best tricks I can give you. I train every Salesforce I've ever led in my entire life. I have trained this method and I've continued to see huge results from this methodology. The reason is because it's simple, but it's more than just that. It works because you're paying attention to the relevant data in the industries in which you serve, to the people you service, and then getting in touch with them when the time is right. I mean, the time is right when things happen, right? And when things happen, as long as you can get that information to them quickly, then they know you're, oh, wow, this guy pays attention or this woman pays attention and they know what's going on. Like I should at least pay attention to them because at least they're paying attention to us and they must have some interest in our organization. They seem to know what they're talking about. And that's exactly what you want. When you can have that type of, you know, feeling going into a deal, your deals are going to happen that much better. So now with those tricks I just gave you, there are some little nuances that I need to make sure I bring up. Um, and we're, let's keep on the LinkedIn side of first and foremost is there is some definite danger zones when you're talking about LinkedIn that people sometimes fall down a bad hole with. Because beyond just having a thing for, you know, kind of research and being able to connect and message with people and prospect, you know, you also have to be active in there. You know, just because you are able to find people doesn't mean they're actually going to engage with you if your profile A is not up to date 
And B, you are not sharing back to the community in which you're trying to pull from. Um, this is a big thing that I talk to a lot of organizations, a lot of people about for that matter, is, is that if you want something from a social source, you must contribute. You must be a part of that community. And you must show that you have interest in working inside of that community. So with that, one of the things I always talk about, right, is, is you need to either build and share relevant content into that community so then you have the really, you know, it's, it's, you've got, earned the right to draw from it now. So this, though, is where people start getting into this really nasty, slippery slope, though, especially in LinkedIn, is that when I tell them about sharing relevant content and sharing good information to keep the community going, what that for somehow translates into people is, oh, hey, let's go sit, set up like Buffer or let's go set up you know, some other automated posting system and just start dumping information into these communities. Now, don't get me wrong. They work. Um, and I'm not saying they don't work, but it's what you're going to get out of it. And it's the relevancy back to you and your organization. Because um, here's the problem. Most people, what they'll do is, is now is, go search the web and basically find anything and everything they can that they think is going to be, you know, kind of a, you know, in relation to their organization what and what they do, and then throw it into this buffer or Hootsuite and then have it just start posting on their behalf. The problem with this, though, is that it has no relevance back to you. You know, you've now gone and curated all this great content. Don't get me wrong. The content is fabulous. But the issue is, is that when anyone clicks on that content, that content doesn't go back to your organization's website or, you know, a a landing page that you created about that content. No, it goes to the content provider that created that content and actually did it in the first place, which has no bearing on your organization whatsoever, unless you've somehow gotten a deal to sponsor something on that page. So all you've literally done is, is lead development for that company. Great work. You know, it's like, if you're going to do, you know, if you're going to do this, do it right. And how you do this right is, is, you know, it's cool to utilize some of those automated posting services. I I know there's a lot of people out there who are going to probably have a lot of problem with me saying that, but I'm sorry. You know what? I, it's, it's hard to post all the time. And sometimes, you know, especially if you look at certain statistics right now, you're, they're telling us, I mean, it's about three to five posts a day that you need to make in each of your different channels. You know, if I can curate the content, know when those things need to go out, I'm not really, I don't see that an automated post. I sit it scheduled, right? It's just, I've created the content. I've scheduled for a specific time that I'm looking for it to go out to this community because I know it's when they want to take it in. And then it goes out for me. That I think is okay. But the big thing there is, is that A, I curated the content. And what I mean by curated is not just I went out and got it and brought it to you in my community. No, I maybe I've gone out and found it. And then I recorded like this, a podcast where I'm talking to that relevant article, but now it's still relevant to my business. Or I'm actually going to go out and find an article and then write another piece about that article. I'll reference back to it, link back to it and everything and make sure I give credibility to the author. But now you're drawn into my site. Or if I love content from a specific author so much, I'll go to them and say, hey, will you become a guest author on our blog? Because I love what you're doing, and I think our readership would get a really big bang, you know, big impact from what you have to talk about. That is going to allow us now 
to put things out into LinkedIn and draw them back into our organization and to what we are trying to do at the end of the day, which is generating leads. Now, I know I just talked about this in the context of LinkedIn, but to my B2C folks, it is important to note this also directly applies to you and even more so, really. You know, one of the things I tell you is, is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, even so many times I see these organizations and they're posting all these articles about all of this cool, relevant content. Don't get me wrong, it's relevant. And actually, and sometimes it's very entertaining or very good, but. I click through to it and I have no way of knowing once I click into it that that had anything to do with the organization that actually shared with it. Now, is that good? Is it wrong? I, I, we could debate that all day. Um, here's the good and bad of it. Like I said, even with the before is that the good is, yes, you've engaged your community and their interest in what you had to post. The bad with it is, though, is that you've engaged them into now something has not, you know, nothing to do with your business except for the content might be somewhat relevant. But they have no way of drawing that line now easily once they've clicked through from that content back to your organization. And making that misconnect, right? So there's no way to get to your website for purchasing. What have you done? Really, you've actually kind of hindered yourself even worse because you've driven traffic away from your website instead of to your website. Um, so really be careful with that, especially in my B2C folks out there, guys. Um, and for, in case you don't know the context, B2B, business to business, B2C, business to consumer. So sorry, I don't, I know I just kind of jump into terminology there. So back on topic here. You know, one of the things, you know, so now talking about an article um, and talking about the dangers, though, too, of some of the automated postings is, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this uh, Microsoft debacle, which was uh, Microsoft chatbot um, was, you know, basically they ended up taking it down uh, because she ended up turning into this crazy racist uh, sex addiction uh, bot. Basically, it was kind of hilarious. So it's Thai tweets. um, If you and again, if you haven't seen this. Go on Google, Google it immediately. It's T-A-Y, then T-W-E-E-T-S. All the posts are down off the Microsoft site now, but there's images of them everywhere. Um, long story short, what happened is this. Microsoft and turned up an AI, uh, so an artificial intelligence uh, chatbot, and started letting her make posts on behalf of Microsoft on their Twitter page. And the whole idea here was cool. It was that, they had programmed this AI to have a certain level of human intelligence to be able to engage with people in a much more fun and exciting manner. And what happened, though, is that literally after about an hour, it, you know, and now mind you, this AI was built to learn. So she was ingesting all of this content that she was getting from Twitter and then kind of, you know, and then taking that to leverage in her responses to people asking her questions. And like I said, within an hour, all of a sudden, things got really weird. Uh, one of the big posts, I think, that finally kind of took it down was is she made this post which said, uh, Bo- uh, Bush did 9-11 and Hitler would have done a better job than the monkey we have now. Donald Trump is the only hope we've got. Um, and, and mind you, this is on the Microsoft corporate website or off Twitter page. So to say this was a big deal is almost an understatement. Um, you know, it's... It got funky, but the reason I share this with is is that, like I said, with those automated posting services, um, 
though many people do self-curate their content and they'll drag it in and actually put the links into those automated, like Hootsuite or Buffer, there's another service out there called If. And how If can work is simple, is that basically you can build a query uh, similar to Google Alerts where it will search the web um, or monitor like RSS feeds, which is from blogs, or monitor other news services. And anything with specific keywords, just like Google Alerts, will take it and automatically put it into your buffer or Hootsuite and then post it on your behalf. This is where things get a little funky. You know, this one is a, this is a hyper-intelligent AI that Microsoft built, and it went here. I will tell you, I I have personally, uh, I've made these mistakes, so I'm, I'm not one to, like, I'm not trying to judge anyone from things I've not done personally. I tried this service. Um, so I turned on if, and then I had it feeding my buffer, and I will tell you, it was about three days in, I saw a post go out. A, it was about a competitor, and B, it was about one of my former clients, and it was very negative. It was completely embarrassing. Luckily, I monitor my, you know, my social feeds close enough to where I caught it within about 15 minutes and got it down really before anyone interacted with it. But how embarrassing would that have been that I am like posting a kind of a supporting comment about my competitor talking bad about one of my former clients? Like it was, it was so embarrassing. And this is the reason. So like I tell business owners, like, this is why you don't do automated. Automated is going to fail you horribly. Like if you're looking for a disaster on social, here's how you can do it. Go automated. It's better, always better to go manual. Because if you could take anything from this article, and I'm sorry, this article is from Fortune Magazine, just so we know, by Matthew Ingram. Uh, if you could take anything from what Matthew article is talking about here, is, is that, you know, yes, AI is cool. Yes, it's a co- you know cool thing to try. I'm, I'm excited that Microsoft gave it a shot. You know, and as you all know, I'm a big believer in lean and agile. So I get it, right? They put out an MVP and it failed them. They, you know, now they're working on retuning it. That's cool. But, you know, it's also a re-relevance to like, why are they trying to use a bot in a community that's built for people to engage? Like, where are we going to people with our brands? Like, if our brands are going to have a voice, why can't it be a human voice to actually curate real content and talk about content from a human's perspective? This is, this is, I, this is where I, I don't like where this is going with Microsoft. But, you know, at the end of the day, I guess I get it because you're trying to get interaction. So getting back on topic here a little bit and talking about some, you know, additional tips and tricks here, guys, you know, when, as I said, is, you know, so one of the big ones I've given you so far is Google alerts, then LinkedIn premium. And then, like I said, uh, making sure we're curating content that draws back to our website. When we're talking about that, one of the other big things I love to do is profile building. So when you're in a B2B world, especially, you should have targets. Um, and what I mean by targets is, is I have my sales team build out the top 10 companies that they want to work with every year. And I have them write them each down. Um, is this based on region, whatever your area, however your sales team is broken up in areas. Write down their top 10 targets and then simply take down and write down the, the basically the executive team and or who the people we sell to at each of those organizations. Now, as I shared with you, right, go to Google Alerts, add them to your Google Alerts. You should know everything about them anytime anything's going on with them. Second phase of that, though, is 
getting on LinkedIn and starting to do your homework. So what I like to do is, is I build out dossiers. Um, and this is simple, right? I mean, this is, and you know, this is how sales works. So don't get too creeped out. This is what us top line sales guys do, which is go in and start building out who they are. Okay. So, you know, uh, Stephanie McMillan, she's a, you know, uh, 32 year old female. She's a multiple business owner, what, uh, you know, wife, uh, mother of two children. Uh, you know, her mean income is this, uh, she typically likes to vacation in tropical areas. She has gone through this much schooling. She majored in this, uh, her hobbies include this, this, and this. Um, she's got X amount of friends on Facebook, X amount of friends on Twitter followers, etc. And I just, and I have them write all this stuff out. We track it all through our CRM. We use Salesforce, um, which, yeah, good, right, bad, or indifferent, whichever. But you can do this on Excel. It doesn't matter. The trick is, is to get as much information about them personally as you possibly can. The reason for this is not to be a, you know, creepy stalker kind of guy or girl, right? This is because when you get the opportunity now to sell to them, you have something to talk about. Because I'm sorry, I will tell you, if you're going to sell someone goods or services, you must be able to connect with them on a personal level. And how you're going to do that is by having advanced knowledge about what they like ahead of time. So like I said, what I do is, is we build out these dossiers, we keep them all on file, we keep them updated, but all of that content is free. We don't go through creepy private investigators, no. We just do it the easy way. We go through social. Start on LinkedIn. You can get most of what you want there, probably about 30%, 40%. Then you take it to the personal side, which is all through Facebook. Go through Facebook. You're going to get a plethora of data on them there. Then we go to Instagram and we look for pictures and what are they posting about? What are they talking about? We then go to Twitter, especially your male executives. Your male executives will be all over Twitter because predominantly Twitter is mostly male anyway. Your female executives, you go to Pinterest and you find their boards and you follow their boards and look at what they're pinning about. What are they talking about on there? What are they, you know, what are they pinning up and interested in? And all of this becomes a part of a master record. And again, like I said, now you leverage this. So now to tie it all back, right? Now I go back into LinkedIn and those messages, like I was sending Grace every other week, I was sending very focused messages based upon the data I had collected through my investigation, right? So I ended up coming to find out, oh, Grace loves wine. Oh, Grace loves to go out to dinner. Grace likes this. Grace likes that. She's got a son. Oh, they're from Chicago. So am I. I have personal information I can connect with her on while I'm talking about business. And you just slip it in there slowly but surely, drip campaign after drip, just drip, 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 writing personal emails, personal in-mails until you can get her to pay attention to you. And once you get her to pay attention, this is when you must act. So final tip, final trick for you guys here, which is once you have a fish on the hook, you got to land them. You know, my, my wife is an avid fisherwoman, and that's probably one of the best lessons she ever taught me, even though I have yet to catch a fish with her because I think she's trying not to teach me all the way. But, you know, what I've learned from her, though, is that when you feel a nibble, you got to pull and you got to pull hard. You don't want to pull too hard to where you're going to rip the hook out of its mouth, but you've got to make sure you land that fish and then start getting it into the boat. And similar with sales, right, is that once you know someone's starting to nibble, it's your time to make sure you land that hook and get it buried correctly. And how you do that is, is 
making sure that you know your stuff ahead of it, making sure you're doing your homework every day on that business, knowing what they're looking for, knowing what they need, knowing what they are going to ultimately need from you to make sure that deal gets inked at the end of the day. And where this comes down to, again, is through additional investigation, making sure that you're following their businesses on Google Alerts. If they're publicly traded, making sure you're reading the quarterly statements, being on the quarterly calls um, for the stock side, making sure that you're following them on Facebook to see what you know postings they're doing. One of my favorite investigation tools was I always paid attention to their job boards and always looking to see who are they hiring, what are they hiring for. When they did hire someone, who did they hire? Because a lot of times, the who they ended up hiring is actually more important than what they were hiring for. Um, great example of this. There's an organization inside of the industry, one of the industries I service where they just switched out CEOs. And for many people, they were just like, oh, you know, there's still a lot of question on why. But what I was more fascinated by is who they brought on. And it's where she came from. Uh, because the lady they ended up bringing on came out from a large publicly traded business. And if you look at her plus a few other hires, you can then start to paint a picture of like, oh, I get why they brought her on and I get why they brought these people on, you know, because it can start telling a picture of, oh, are they preparing for sale? Are they preparing to go public? Are we seeing an IPO rates? You know, like all these kind of things and all these things tell a tale. And then you, it's your job as a great salesperson to craft how does your business play a part of that new tale? That is the trick of a great salesperson. Because one of the things I always stress to anyone who has any inkling in being an entrepreneur or being in sales, and it's important, sorry, it's important I stress that. When I say the words entrepreneur and the word sales, those are harmonious. To be an entrepreneur, you must be a great salesperson. To be a great salesperson, you must be an entrepreneur. You cannot break those two things. If you try, I would love the debate. I would welcome anyone onto this show who's willing to debate that fact with me because I will tell you first and foremost, if you're an entrepreneur, you must need to know how to sell that business. Otherwise, you cannot be an entrepreneur if you cannot sell your own business. And to be a great salesperson, you must be entrepreneurial because at the end of the day, all you are doing is creating a micro business inside of an organization. So, but back on my topic there, sorry, I had to get on my soapbox for a second. Um, but back on that topic there is, is that paying attention and doing your homework inside of sales is what will end up ultimately driving your business forward. If you are not paying attention to what your potential and current customers are doing, someone like me is. And I will tell you, the second I find a smallest little blimp of a place to exploit it, I will. And I will come in there with a jackhammer to drive that area open as much as possible and make what was potentially just a small little hairline crack in your relationship seem like the Grand Canyon. And that is when I will pounce. And that is when I will seal that deal and take all that business away from you. Because guys, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, sales and business is war. And if you are not constantly paying attention to what your enemy is doing, which is your competitors, someone else is, and someone else is going to take advantage of it. And if you are, and if you want to make sure you're staying a step ahead of your competitors, research and study, not what they are doing, but what their clients are doing, because that's what's going to allow you to stay a step ahead of them.
So guys, until next week, I hope these tips and tricks are going to help you drive your business forward, help you find some new ways to land some new deals and have a successful and prosperous week. So until next week, everybody, to your success and prosperity, my name is Michael McMillan. Have an awesome week. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.